Just uh, coming into the wholeness of what we're experiencing, sense of a bit energized, probably moved, excited, stimulated, sense of uh, closure and summary and changing. So this is a these transition points are important places just to you know hold the pause button, keep it open, let let things settle. So that uh, you see what's really as you come into steadiness, settling, breathing, feeling your body, what's really the most important bit now. You know, it could be the sense of of uh, gratitude, it could be the sense of relief. <laughs> inspiration or a sense of this is something I really want to do more of or make commitments to. So these are all the things that the Dhamma, so you're just giving yourself time, opening up to receive the gifts of what the Dhamma is bringing to you at this particular time and listening in to your heart. Mm. So let's have a little time for meditation, just contemplating that and then we can request the precepts and refuges.
Just a reminder that wherever we are, wherever's happening, there's our thought, thoughts, ideas. That's one kind of intelligence. There's the emotional movement, heart energy. And then also there's just this body and containing it or collecting it in the wholeness of these three. So we keep a sense of being able to stay balanced in all that the future the present the past self others however it's manifesting where is the body in all this how are we staying balanced this particular set of manifestations Widening your focus to include other people on the retreat you've been sitting close to or sitting across the table, sharing the food, sharing the space with. Just the images, perceptions of those people. May they be well. May they appreciate their Dhamma. May they live in peace. May we experience peace and harmony with each other. Letting a sense of the mind widen to include people on the retreat and also then people at home, people in your life.
staying within your body and just widening your heart to include other beings. Then widening out of the internal domain, letting your your hearing and your eyes open, and staying centered in your own space, just taking in the whatever comes in through the sight, the sound, the perceptions of the room, other people, and so on. Staying, trying to just bear, be witnessing that. And if you feel like it, just just move your head around or take a few other people in. Hello. (laughs) Very gentle acknowledgement.
been here together. More of that later. (laughs) 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 Just a few uh, remarks to myself. (coughs) I remember that uh, when the Buddha uh, talked about where, where do we get our our guidance from, a fundamental resource. And there he said there are two, two very basic resources. And oh, no, two, just two. One is what's called Yoniso Manisikara, which means wise attention, you know, reflecting, scanning, witnessing what's going on, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, what's suitable, which way to go, that sense of the wisdom faculty internally. And the other refuge is called Kalyanamita, spiritual friendship. So that's as important <laughs> as your meditation. It's, it's, it's what covers the external. It means this is the Kalyanamita is that which can address the bits you don't see. You know, they can, the people who can see the back of your head, the bits you haven't seen, you haven't noticed, the areas where your mind doesn't really witness it. And uh, how, you know, how else are we going <laughs> to clear things unless we get some reflections from others, kindly, noble reflections from others, or models? You can see people mod- modeling things. You know, oh, that's good. That's the way she is. Oh, that's the right. That was beautiful. You're just getting that Kalyanamita, which is even much more than a teacher. You know, you may have a, you may have a teacher, likelihood is they come and go. Kalyanamita really is the spirit of companionship, you know, whether it's in your neighborhood, your house, or just on your internet network, or however you do it. You know, but really so helpful just to spend time and checking in what's happening. <coughs> Kalyanamita, spiritual friend, a good friend. And he listed, I think, seven, seven qualities of the good friend. I can remember them. <laughs> but if, if I miss one, then well, somebody else can remind me. But someone who, who uh, gives what's difficult to give. You know, gives, their, gives what's difficult to give. So even when it's difficult, they give something. Could be their attention, their time. One who gives what's difficult to give. One who does what's difficult to do. Who walks the extra mile for you. Yeah puts themselves out for you. One who bears what's difficult to bear, who carries things for you, helps carry things for you. Someone who you can reveal yourself to, someone you can open up to, someone you could, who will listen to your difficulties or your errors, someone who's able to 
hear your intimacies and someone who doesn't spread that around you know, keeps confidence someone who when you're going through a hard time you can call upon them and someone when you're really down and out you've really blown it doesn't give up on you yeah, that's the spiritual friend and it's a, it's, a, it's a high standard but just to kind of you know lift it up there this is uh, the noble practice to be the spiritual friend someone who doesn't give up when you're, in when you're down and out and someone who don't, walks the extra mile someone who gives what's difficult to give mm. Mm. and so this is and that amazingly that the Buddha only talked about things he said I wouldn't teach you something you couldn't do there'd be no point in teaching you something you couldn't do I wouldn't teach you something that was going to be for your harm I only teach that which is for your welfare it's for your welfare it's for you can do it make an effort with friendliness yeah. this is the Buddha's encouragement yeah. so would anyone like to request the refuges and precepts And I'll just say, uh, Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> For those that don't know, this is my mother.
adjusting the time to be Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Buddham Saranam Gachami Buddham Saranam Gachami Dhammam Saranam Gachami Dhammam Saranam Gachami Sangam Saranam Gachami Sangam Saranam Gachami Dutiyampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Dutiyampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Dutiyampi Dhammam Saranam Gachami Dutiyampi Dhammam Saranam Gachami Dutiyampi Sangam Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Buddhang Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Buddhang Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Dhammang Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Dhammang Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Sangam Saranam Gachami Sarana Kamananiti Panati Pata Vedamani Sika Badang Samadhyami Adina Dana Vedamani Sikha Badang Samadhyami Kame Sumi Chachara Vedamani Sikha Badang Samadhyami Musawada Vedamani Sikha Badang Samadhyami Sura Miraya 
Majapamadatana Vedamani Sikabadang Samadhyami Imani Pancha Sikabadani Samadhyami Silina Sukatinyanti Silina Boka Sampada Silina Nibutinyanti Tasama Silang Wisotaye talking a bit about where you've come, your hermitage, you know, so that it's available. Right. got a few minutes just that, that one line that um, I put in is Imani Pancha Sikapadani Samadhyami, which means I undertake to train with these five precepts. And um, I didn't, I've forgotten that I don't think that's in these chanting books. Is it? Is it? We have it in our chanting book, and um, our chanting book is in Perth, Canada. <laughs> So uh, that's what I'm used to uh, using. Um, Ajahn Suchito asked me to just say a little bit about where I'm based. It's um, a nun's monastery, about nine hours' drive from here. And we've only been there for, uh, it'll be two years in August. Um, I came back to Canada three years ago to establish... A, a monastic residence for women. And so it's a, a little seedling that we're nurturing. And uh, we are located close to a, another monastery, and people um, tease us and say that there's now a Buddhist takeover of that county. Because <laughs> it's very rare to have two. Uh, Buddhist monasteries anywhere, but especially in such a small, small little town. And um, there are only two, two of us at the moment, um, two nuns. One is a novice, and uh, I'm a bhikkhuni, and we're living together and trying to run this little hermitage. Hermitage doesn't mean it's just for one person. Um, there are a few hermitages around the world. It's, it's a place of seclusion, a place dedicated to Dhamma practice. And we're holding the fort, and we've raised the flag. And if you'd like to come and visit, um, I've got some bookmarks with me, which will be passed out or uh, put up near the bulletin board. And you please help yourselves and our 
the address isn't on there, <clears throat> but the email address is and the phone number. So please feel welcome to make pilgrimage. Oh, okay. We can we can write the email address on the board. Thank you. Oh yes, men are welcome to come and offer support. Um, we have three bedrooms in the house, and during the summertime, we can put up a very nice tent for men. It's a little awkward because it's such a small place, but it is possible for people to um, stay at Tisarana and come up to the hermitage once in a while and help with the work. I don't think the monks would object too much. But uh, in the winter, it's, it's a little difficult because if we have... We do need a steward, by the way, if anybody is interested in spending time and helping to look after the place, especially when Sister Nimala becomes a bhikkhuni in October, we really do need a steward because we won't be able to feed ourselves. Uh, so... And the animals might feed us. <laughs> We've been feeding them, so... But <laughs> we, we do trust the universe. Um, and we need physical help because uh, there's a lot of... You know, it's an old farm and there's the forest and uh, there are gardens and... It's physical work, but you're working with Dhamma in your heart. So it's different than just working for a, a company, a IT work, or um, ba- making bagels in a bagel shop or something like that, whatever it is that you do. Uh. <coughs> yes? Do you, offer, do you offer retreats, or how is it? Yes, I do. Um, Ajahn Suchito kindly invited me to come here, but in the spring I... I have been teaching a, a retreat once a year um, sponsored by the Ottawa Buddhist Society. And this year, it's, it, we moved it a little bit later so that I could come here. And that'll be in June. It's in a center called the Galilee Center in Arnprior, which is about an hour west of Ottawa. And there are other retreats, too, that I do um, when I'm invited. I, we, it's listed on our website. <coughs> um, so yes, I, I, I thought that I'd just say a, a few words because many of you here who. Uh, it's a big mix, isn't it? A lot of you have been coming for many years and know us well, and some of you are new. And uh, uh, many of you will know that about, was it about 12, 13 years ago or so, a group was uh, formed of people in this area who were interested in the possibility uh, sometime of a monastery starting up in New England or Massachusetts and and at the center of this group has been uh, my mother, Dorothea Bowen. 
as well as a few others, including Joseph Kappel, and back there, and, and many, many others of you here. And uh, at the time, the request was made to the Sangha in England, and I think the answer was, well, yes, good idea, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, hold that intention, and uh, because it's not easy to build, you know, to branch out and build monasteries. And uh, it's easy; it might be easy to build monasteries, but it's not easy to build monks or nuns. So it's been many years, and, and when I come back and, and visit, sometimes it comes up in the group. I think it's mainly an email list of interested people who coalesce around the visits of the monastics uh, every year when, when they come through for one reason or another, including to teach this retreat. Um, and there is a group that uh, meets in Cambridge, I think, four times a year currently at the Friends Meeting House. Um, if, a, if a monastic is uh, in the area, then they'll attend often, but often it's just a time to come together and uh, uh, meet. Um, so, and up till now, when I've made my visits, I've been very hesitant to say anything about uh, getting involved in any big projects, knowing what I do about how uh, you know how involved it can be. But this time, about the last time I came back, uh, uh, the question didn't come up in the group, and I thought, oh, isn't that interesting? Because now, actually, I might, you know, there, there, there's a bit more sort of ballast in England in the community, and. Uh, I'd be willing to respond in some way to, to help something happen, to see uh, if something could happen. And, and uh, the question didn't come up in the group, but later on some other people um, uh, who are based here uh, at IMS happened to ask, well, look, you know, I think I have, uh, I, I've been thinking for this many years, and is there a way to help get something started in the area? So we've had a, a quiet conversation going for the last year and a half, and, and during this retreat, somebody wanted to make an, an offer to allow a first step to happen, and so it's sort of putting things uh, to the next step, so, and I think what we're going to do is uh, form some kind of a non-profit trust that would be uh, there for people if they, I'm not, uh, uh, I don't think it's, we're, we're in the place now where we're looking for support, that's not why I'm mentioning this, but just to say that actually looks like something might happen, and uh, in 2013, um, because next year I'll be on uh, sabbatical, as we're using the word these days, um, on retreat somewhere, but perhaps in 2013 we might uh, rent a place or use somebody's place if, if it comes up and is available somewhere in the Boston area uh, and just see, come for a few months. Uh, perhaps it'd be myself and someone else, another monk, another couple of monks. We'll just uh, see uh, what happens. So I thought I'd just let you know that that was in the air. And uh, I'll put the email address, or maybe my mother Dorothea can put the email address, of the website they have where you can find out information about what's happening if indeed something does move forward with that. Um, thank you. Okay, so just to <coughs> mention Ajahn Janto currently is at Amrawadi Buddhist uh, Monastery which is in north of London, about 40 miles north of London. It's quite a, a large uh, settlement of uh, monks, nuns, and lay people. There's a retreat center there, so they hold retreats 
more or less all year round. So, and they have a website, Amravati. And so if you're interested, you want, you're coming to Europe, you can stay at the monastery or you can, there might be a retreat you can sign up to. The retreats are much smaller, they're generally about between 30 and 50 people. It's, it's not so um, state-of-the-art as IMS. It's sort of fairly funky, but friendly. <laughs> <laughs> not that this is friendly too, but it's not so funky as everyone. <laughs> and uh, so that's where Ajahn Jayanto is, and they have, we, we all try to help out teaching retreats there when we can. You know, so that's an ongoing thing. My monastery is called Chittaviveka, or Chithurst Monastery, which is south of London, about 50, 55 miles south of London, in a very lovely area, actually, called West Sussex, one of the most uh, beautiful, uh, it's a national park, so it's uh, forests and hills. We have about 180 acres of land with a lake and a stream and uh, forest, and there's a settlement for the nuns and the lay women, and a settlement for the the monks and uh, everybody else. You know. So we have these two two viharas or or residences, which are, and they are always available for people to come and stay at. Um, you just write to the guest nun or the guest monk, and you you get to stay. And you really feel like monastic life is. It tries to do things more holistically. You know, the, there's always this meditation. Sometimes there are retreats, you know, when we all just stop working and just sit. But there's always daily meditation. You know, daily work is probably about three or three hours or so. So it's kind of, it's not, you know, high speed. But there's gardening, cooking, stuff, you know, and then we meditate together. Uh, so that's the basic format of, um, of monastic life, early morning pujas and the eight precepts. Um, so, and they're always, wel- you're always welcome. It's all free. So please come if you have the time for an afternoon, a day, a week, a year, or a life. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and if you just if you come to uh, to Chitters, then stay in the monastery. And just, I mean, one of the things is just to kind of uh, look around because uh, meet meet people. If you think. My accent's weird. You should hear the locals. I mean, <laughs> it's just interesting to go as a, a study in social anthropology. <laughs> Curious English habits. <laughs> old churches, you know, 11th century churches and really ancient crumbling stuff all nestling into the landscape. So it's really lovely. And um, yeah, so that's where I am based. And, uh, you know, ehi pasiko, come see for yourself. So I've been teaching retreats here since, I think, 1989 or 1990. I try to come on a roughly three-yearly basis, and uh, we sort of have a rota where either, I think Ajahn Amro's been doing it myself or the sisters, and how that's going to continue, we don't know, but we do feel it's, uh, it's valuable, it's important. It's uh, we learn something. We listen and learn what's the, what are the what are the issues. What are the things people need to know? What works for people? So for me, it's very much an education. It's also just uh, an act of love, really. You're kind of feeling the the uh, concerns and the aspirations of other humans, and uh, also just the chance to 
you know, introduce or let people see what this samana, the, the monastic, is about. You know. So hopefully this can continue. You know. How much longer I can keep doing it is an open question. But uh, I think I've got a few years left yet. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And uh, I think we'll, we'll just write, perhaps we'll just stick our email addresses up on the, on the board and you can check in with yourself. Okay, so um, just to get a chance, some what's called parita, protective blessings. And uh, these are traditional chants, they have meanings. They are, uh, some of them are suttas, some of them are just uh, verses of, of praise or recollection of the Buddha or his disciples. You know, you've been chanting one, the metta sutta, throughout the retreat, so that would be one of them. We do this in the Pali language. And uh, it's just there's something about the sound and the resonance and realizing people have been doing this, you know, over the planet, you know, particularly, of course, in India and Southeast Asia, 2,000 years. So you're in this big resonator of human aspiration and goodwill and, and faith and, and, and application. So that, that's the blessing, just listening to that. And then we will, we'll move around and we'll what's called a lustration, which is a gen- just gently bes- sprinkling everyone as a kind of blessing gesture. For this, what we'll need to do is to have your, the, row, the spaces between the rows wider so that we can move around. So if you want to, people at the front come forward and just so you can imagine somebody can walk through those corridors between you without, you know, barging into anyone else. And you'll all, you'll all be part of that. That movement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good to take take the uh, vase and trip over it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the, v- the vase could go, Dorothy. <laughs> Knock it over. <laughs> <laughs> it's been your daily challenge. Mm-hmm. So the, um, <clears throat> the use of water, as we were talking a little bit about the water element, the cohesive, and the, the force of harmony, because water accepts everything, dissolves everything into harmony, it has no boundaries, it doesn't resist anything. It also it ripples, when you put something into it, it always ripples. So it's the, this is why we use the water, so that the, the sounds and the resonances can be transmitted into the water, and then we spread the water around. And also the candle, which represents the light, as Dorothea mentioned, or the light of wisdom, the seeing. So this drips into the water, then you get the fire, the earth, and the water blending together. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the symbolism of it. Would you like to... Can you invite the devatars? Aritawa Namita Samita Badanta 
awi kita kita barita panandu
And uh, for this, as we will move along the line and sprinkling water, and then as we pass by, if you, as we pass by, if you stand up and you get on the end of the line, so gradually the line will continue to extend. You get it? Yeah, so as I go past Richard, he gets up, and stands behind, walks along behind, and and then uh, Stephanie and Oren and so on. So you just process along. So we'll weave in and out of all the cushions and the, and the seats. So everyone helps to be part of share, being blessed and sharing the blessings. Okay? That's, that's the theme. So we're, we're, and we'll use a, a mantra for this. The mantra is uh, uh, kindness, uh, compassion, appreciative joy, gladness at other people's welfare and their good qualities, and equanimity, the ability to hold the emotional space and empathy over all of it. <laughs> yeah, ups and downs and in between. So that, that's the mantra. We'll chant it in Pali. It's just four words. Um, so we'll start the mantra. It's very simple. And as you, as you get used to it, you pick it up. And as, you, as we walk along, we'll continue chanting. And if you continue, you can continue chanting. So we keep the thing going through the whole of the, of the room. And then we get back to our our seats in due course. We hope. Meda Karuna Mudita Hupega 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 Meda
did you get the message? <laughs> so, you know, if you'd like to spend a few minutes uh, recollecting, so say before sum- summing up your your retreat, looking into your body mind, and is there anything you'd like to clear? Anything you'd like to let go of? Things you'd like to bring up, firm yourself up. So then uh, you can write things down. If any of you don't have any pencil and paper and you haven't done it yet, there are some pencils and more paper up here. Just spend a few moments considering it. And then we will wait for an invitation. So when you feel you've arrived at a, a parking space or a closure space, closure point, then we will uh, process out of the hall, through the walking room and then through the dining hall and down, down the steps and out to a place where we'll burn these. So just 
that's the, that's the way we're going to go. If you see anyone who might need some assistance going down the steps, please, anybody who needs any help or any way. Um, and then after, after we've uh, sent the fourth, our clearances, our closures, our blessings to the devatas, then it'll be time to uh, disperse and uh, we will be available after the meal. So um, to, to receive people and of course for yourselves, that's, that's as closed as things can be. <laughs> it's always a bit open-ended. But after the, uh, after the ceremony, then, you know, you can talk and mingle with each other and have some time to be with each other before the meal. And we'll, okay. That's the invitation, yeah. So let's see if there's if there's an invitation. <laughs> 